And the clip that you just saw or listened to was from December 2019. Cocopaw tribal police officers participated in high-tech interactive firearms training. And the officer who was evaluating them is Lieutenant Marty Grovner. And he joins us now to talk about firearm training simulation. FATS is what the program's called. And this gives officers an opportunity to practice and evaluate how they make split-second decisions when lives are on the line. Let's talk about what that system is like and why this type of training is critical. Right, the system brings real world type scenarios, uh, stuff that the officers are going to experience could be on a day-to-day -day basis, but it breaks it to where they'll be familiar, familiar with uh, these scenarios so that when they handle it for real, they've already went through and muscle memory can kind of take over. And you've watched this system evolve. I remember that I actually participated in this training and then it was back in, I think 2004 2005 I did a little session on the fat system right. and it was limited it had one screen and it had a pneumatic hose connected to the firearm to right. give people an insight as to this the whole purpose of that air pressure is to recreate the recoil effect of a sidearm and in this case they don't use a hose anymore it's cartridges in a magazine right it's a uh, co2 cartridges so now officers can be more mobile and agile and they can move around so they can mimic what would happen if they were in the field by the old system that had one screen they were stuck to a hose so they could only move movement was limited and when we did the video the initial video of this training back in december there were different scenarios that played out and the controller the officer who can control the scenario he can change the outcome depending on what the officer says and what what what's going on right if the officer uh, fails to do something that they're supposed to or give proper warnings the uh, instructor the other instructor operating the system can change the scenario to make the person either attack not attack just depends on how the officer reacts and in your experience in your years and years and years of experience with law enforcement Back in the day, there was no FATS training. There was no high-tech. It was on the range or what they called the Hogan course. Talk about what it was like then compared to what it's like now. Uh, then now, uh, you might walk down a, a, an alley or a pathway, and it would be like a metal or a paper target. And you'd go into a room, and you'd have to react to what the target would be. So the target could be a person standing in with a water bottle in their hand. They could be standing with a knife or a gun. You just react to the target. Where with this this fats training, you're going to actually react to somebody that's actually talking, actually moving. Uh, it's, it's more lifelike, so it's more real world scenario. And what what do you notice about the officers before they participate in this training, and then afterwards? Does it change their perspective? And as an instructor, has it changed your perspective? It uh brings great awareness. 
you, you could see the reaction sometimes the uh, the heart rate will go up because they're not expecting how this, the situation is going to turn out and then they don't realize that with the, this style of training is pretty much it's pretty real life so the decisions that they make are going to be decisions that they would actually have to make if it was a, a real situation and there were two scenarios in particular that really stood out one of which was the traffic incident that turned deadly and it involved what you would think would be an unlikely gunman. Do you remember that one? Yes. Let's talk about that one. Yeah, uh, you know, traffic stops are one of the most dangerous things that police officers can do because there's so many unknowns. You don't know if the person is armed, if they have a weapon, if the per there's another person's in a vehicle, if they're armed. So you have to be on guard at all times. And how somebody could be calm one moment could all of a sudden reach in a vehicle and grab a weapon and this everything will totally change in a blink of an eye. And in that particular scenario that played out, it was a little girl right. that emerged from the cab of the truck with a shotgun. Right. You, you can't just assume that, oh, well, this is a child, so everything's safe. You have to always keep your officer's safety high at all times because anybody can be a threat. And the other scenario that played out was a suicide bomber, an individual with a, a bomb vest and with his mm -hmm. thumb on the plunger and people cowering on the floor right in front of him, and the officer yes. had to make a split-second decision. Talk about the decision-making process in that particular case. In that particular case, what is good is the way Arizona Post has changed the, uh, our qualification standards. Before, we were directed just to aim everything at center mass. But now, they're teaching us to aim center mass and also hit for headshots. Somebody in a situation that's holding a bomb, has a finger on a trigger, they teach you you need to take out the biocomputer, which is right in the center of the... Uh, the, the brain so that you have to aim for that that way he won't be able to you can take him out vice if you hit him in the center he could still activate the device and these are scary situations this is not something we were thinking about or talking about 20 25 years ago and here we are today yes especially with a lot of active shooters threats going on with a lot of schools uh right now uh it seems like the threat is high and it, it, this is the time where we need to be more aware and more conscious on what's going on. And what do you see moving forward? How do you see this type of training evolving in the future? What what would be the next step, you think, how it's going to evolve? Uh, it could be a, a VR system, where it's virtual reality, where you're wearing a screen and it, more 3D, so it's even more lifelike than what it is now. Where you're reacting to more than just a screen, it'll seem like a natural person is there. Because it seemed that when we were doing this, that, that was a big limitation, was movement. Yes. Is you've got three screens in front of you, and so you have no cover or concealment. And in a real-world situation, you're going to seek cover and concealment, and you're also going to be moving. You're not right. going to be static in a situation like that. Right. So. Which is a lot of our live firearm drills would help cover a lot of that those areas. where we practice uh, injured officer, where you, or you have malfunction. Well, you can't do a malfunction if somebody's shooting at you, so you need to learn to take cover and then clear the malfunction while also keeping a track on where the bad guy is at. And how often will Cocoa police officers be undergoing this training? Uh, my goal is for us to, be, to go through this training at least every quarter. Every quarter? Every quarter. So, going to make a big difference, isn't it? Oh, yes. They'll be better prepared for, you know, God forbid, when if big situation happens, they would have already went through the scenario, so they'll be able to better react to it emergency and makes for a safer community too yes in the, in the end that's really the goal so that's going to do it for us for now we'll see you next week